Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to Exo Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I help guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. How are you doing this week? I hope you're hanging in there and being sweet to yourself. As some of you may know, we had to postpone the release of this week's episode to Friday instead of Wednesday. My Samoan grandmother on my mom's side passed away this past Sunday night, and Mondays are the days I normally record the episode, and I just needed some more time. She was a really special lady. She was 96 years old, raised 13 children, and had over 100 grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. She was the matriarch of our family. I actually have my mom's Samoan maiden name tattooed on my arm. It's Falia Fine, and it means House of Women. My grandmother was a deeply spiritual woman, and when she prayed, tears would just roll down her face. She lived mostly in Hawaii and Samoa, so I didn't get to see her growing up as much as I wanted to, but the times that I did were so powerful. Her presence was both loving and intimidating. She exuded a deep strength, and all I wanted to do was make her proud of me. I remember being really young, and she was visiting us in Texas at the time. She was supposed to leave after a couple of weeks, but at the last moment, she said she was going to change her flight and stay longer. The next day, my dad's father passed away. At the funeral, my grandmother whispered in my ear, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I stayed. There's so much mythology around this woman in our family and also all the people that she touched in her life. And everyone has a story like that. We cannot attend her funeral in Samoa, unfortunately, because of COVID, but it's going to be a huge affair that lasts two days. They do everything big there. This week, while I was feeling the sadness from this loss, I was reminded that when people we love leave the body, we don't lose the relationship. It just transforms. It shifts to something new. It's a relationship on the spiritual plane, and in many ways, it can feel closer than it was before. Thank you to all of you who sent sweet messages and condolences. It really means a lot to feel like I have family here. I'm feeling just so grateful for this podcast, the way I can connect to you all and for people to share their struggles. It's true, we aren't in the same space. We haven't met in person but we are connected spiritually every time we come here and listen. And that is profoundly beautiful to me. I really treasure it. 
Okay, enough of this sappy stuff. Let's listen to the first question. Hi, Benny. I just tried to record this, but it ended up being too long. So I'm going to try again, and hopefully I'll be able to say it a little bit more succinctly. Um, I was wondering if you had any advice on dealing with, um, like, a deep feeling of despair and apathy and pessimism. Um, my therapist thinks that I might be experiencing a depression, but I'm not. I haven't been officially diagnosed, so I don't want to, like, throw that label around if it's not applicable. Um or, like, get bogged down by it at all. Like, I know that even if I am experiencing a depression, that's not, like, who I am and not something that I need to, like, attach to my sense of being. But um, I have been kind of feeling this way for as long as I can remember. It just got a little bit worse, like, at the beginning of the pandemic. But I have been doing some reflecting, and I think that it all stems from the fact that I grew up um, not really grasping the concept of unconditional love. I do think that I was loved growing up, but it just felt very conditional, like from as long as I can remember in all of my relationships. And I think that I have grown up kind of clinging to the mentality that I'll be able to become this person or this version of me that is um, like worthy of love in a way that I can walk in that's not like subject to change or something um and I think I've also just really pinned a lot on this idea of like a perfect romantic relationship because I don't have a lot of relationship experience and I've kind of thought of romance as like this like ultimate form of like deep unconditional love because I haven't really been experiencing that in my other relationships and I'm in a much better place now with my relationships than I was when I was growing up, but I think that I just still am not really able to grasp this idea of unconditional love, and it really holds me back from understanding the complexity of identity and self and spirit and, like, one spirit and interconnectedness because love has always been so personal and so conditional and so about just, like, one not multifaceted, like, single-faceted idea of a person for me. And, yeah, I guess I'm just wondering if you have any advice navigating that. Um, If anybody else is listening, or to Bunny, if you're listening to this, I love you so, so much, and I'm so proud of you for everything that you have gone through in your journey. And I see you. And I love you, and I hope that you're having a good day. Thank you so much for that sweet message. It means a lot to me. When we go through something really hard, like a breakup or loss of a loved one or a global pandemic, we are shaken from our sense of security. And we go through a period that feels really unstable. And it can feel like depression because sometimes it seems like there's no way out. But one benefit of that happening is that when our world is shaken up, issues that we've been keeping under the rug come to the surface. It's sort of like being in a tornado swirling around and you're witnessing parts of yourself that you've been too busy or too distracted to think about. But that's how the universe works. That's how our higher selves work. Your higher self is constantly taking every opportunity to heal you. 
When we don't deal with our past, when we don't look at our issues, trust me, there will be a time when we are forced to. And the pandemic is doing that to most of us right now, forcing us to look at the part of our lives, the thought patterns and behaviors that we know we want to change. It's given us an opportunity to do things differently, both on a collective level and a personal one. That doesn't mean it's going to be pleasant, but it's necessary. I'm really happy that you're working with a therapist because therapy is great for unlocking our childhood experiences that have influenced us in ways that are no longer useful and sometimes harmful. And that is a long process that you are bravely on the path of. And all of us have childhood stuff, right? To heal from. So our higher self supports us as we work and deal with this stuff. This idea of unconditional love is the love that is the awareness of higher self because love isn't conditional. When we are in the awareness of our higher selves, we can see love in all beings even when they aren't conscious of it. Now, unconditional love doesn't mean we don't have boundaries. Love isn't, no matter how you treat me, I will stay with you. Higher self is the vision to see where love is lacking and what action we must take to bring more love to any situation. And often that means leaving so as not to enable loveless behavior. As you move through your healing, you'll go through a lot of phases and transitions. And with that comes a whole spectrum of emotion from confusion to hurt to anger, to sadness, to forgiveness, to compassion, to joy. What higher self will always be there though to remind you of is that whoever hurt you, whatever lessons your parents gave you, was representative of where they were at the time in their own healing. Like you, they were raised in a world that rarely teaches our inherent wholeness. Like you, they were most likely treated similarly by their own parents. Like you, they also have trauma. The gift of healing ourselves is that we break the cycle, that we don't take all that unconscious stuff into all of our relationships. But the key is unconscious because it's really important to understand just because we learn what our triggers are and why we have them doesn't mean we won't still be affected by them. It's all about making them more conscious in our awareness. That way, you learn what your triggers are to further understand your needs. So if your partner does something that triggers you, you can understand more of the why it's making you feel like shit because it's reminding you of a time when you felt completely unloved as a child, not because your partner doesn't love you and it will have less power over you. You can also communicate it to your partner and be like, can you not do that because it really triggers me? It's not you, it's me. And they need to be compassionate about that and y'all can develop a communication style that works for both of you. And trust me, they will have their own triggers that you will have to deal with. There's no rush to do that with someone right now though. Just keep focusing on your own healing. You're doing a really great job. Remember, unconditional love is just love. It's just the vision of higher self. It's seeing with a compassionate heart and following the path of love. Trust yourself now. You're already doing it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, Bunny. So I have a question about trauma, especially physical trauma, um, because I have struggled with um, chronic illness and I developed anxiety because of my chronic illness. I'm not sick anymore, but I still feel like my body is holding on to the trauma of being sick for such a long period of time. And it's very hard to live my life because I constantly feel unsafe in my body. I feel like I can't trust my body and I feel very distanced from others because it's hard to explain what I'm <laughs> experiencing. Um, sometimes I don't even know myself. And I get angry at myself sometimes because it's hard to forgive and just let go. And honestly, I don't know how to let go because I can't remember how it was to live without being sick and unsafe, feeling unsafe. So I was just wondering how you view trauma that resides in the body and maybe how um, people with trauma in the body could be able to contact their higher selves and understand the trauma and let go of it to live a better life. Also, I just wanted to say thank you for all that you do. You are so amazing and you're such a big help um, to so many people. So thank you for being. Bye. I think this is such an important issue and I'm really glad that you asked about it. I'm not an expert on it, but I know there's a lot of healing modalities like Reiki and acupuncture and energy healing that focuses on letting go of the trauma that resides in our bodies and releasing some of those blockages. So I encourage you to check those out and learn more about that type of body work. From the higher self perspective, our bodies are temporary houses for that which is eternal, our spirits. And like every other thing in our material reality on this physical plane, it's just another teacher to the awareness of who we actually are. Any type of trauma that we survive can bring a lot of fear into our lives because one day out of nowhere, our security was taken away. And now we know that it's possible for bad things to happen. But wasn't that always the case? Isn't it true that no one day is promised to us? Isn't it true that I could walk out of my front door and get run over by a truck? I mean, anything is possible, right? So what does it mean to be safe? What does safety represent? Safety isn't the belief that we will never experience suffering. I mean, that's just not realistic. Safety is the faith in ourselves that we're held by something more powerful than what happens on a physical plane. Safety comes from a deep faith in our spiritual transformational power and then knowing that whatever happens, there's a part of us that is not destructible. There is something within all of us that comes from beyond this world because it's beyond life and death. Your higher self is beyond life and death. It's beyond the body. Ironically, when we tap into what is beyond the body, we can heal our relationship with our bodies. We can see our bodies as just another part of our lives that's doing the best that it can. That it has some shortcomings, but we love those parts too. Because we have compassion for our bodies. We honor them. We say thank you for all that you've given me. Our relationships with our bodies is like any other relationship. We can feel attacked by it, hurt by it, Take it really personal like it's trying to punish us, but take a step back and see all that it does every day to work on our behalf. It needs our love and compassion, not our judgment and criticism. 
It needs us to see the best in it, not the worst. Part of the spiritual path is coming to terms with who we are beyond this life, beyond this form. Before your illness, you had a sense of safety, but this experience has given you an opening to a deeper security, the place where your higher self resides. A lot of people won't be able to understand your experience specifically, but we are all on the same path as you, learning the same truth in different forms. We might have different teachers in our life, but the lesson is the same. We're all evolving in our awareness to a higher consciousness, and sometimes losing our attachments to the physical is a gateway to that higher state of consciousness. Your illness can be a portal, and in that sense, it becomes a gift. Hi, Bunny. Uh, before I ask my question, I just want to thank you because your Me versus Highest Self posts and podcasts are just fire. I love listening to them. All my friends listen to you now. You're just amazing. My question for you is, um, how do I feel, how can I feel more embodied? I find myself feeling very authentic in my day-to-day life. I feel like I show up very genuinely and unapologetically it, like in my normal day-to-day life. But when it comes to um, like in the bedroom or with a partner, I feel like I hold myself back. I was wondering if you had any advice on how to show up fully as yourself and express your needs and wants and desires um, everywhere in your life, not just in your day-to-day, but also with your partner or um, in the bedroom. Thank you. Yes to fully being who you are unapologetically. Yay, I love to hear that. Talking about what we want in bed is challenging for some of us for a number of reasons. We live in a patriarchal culture that shamed us for our sexual desires for countless generations. Sex was never supposed to be about pleasure for us, and those of us that openly wanted pleasure were ridiculed as witches or sluts or whores, etc. So we are all unlearning all of that conditioning, right? You've obviously found your own confidence, and I don't think the difficulty in talking about what you want in bed comes from a lack of confidence. I think it comes from doing something different, and it really is just about it being a practice and getting used to it. First thing is feeling like your partner or whoever you're sleeping with is a safe space for you to be who you are, and oftentimes our sexual partners are struggling as well in being open about their needs. So When we are, it can be helpful and encouraging for them too, which is a really sweet way to grow together and to get to know each other in a deeper way. Also, it's really kind of hot, you know? (laughs) Secondly, you have to actually be able to know what you like, and that takes a little bit of open exploration and experience. Third, you have to realize that just because it makes you uncomfortable to talk about these things doesn't mean it'll always be that way. You just have to break the ice, so to speak. Trust me, your partner wants to know. They want all the information you can give them. I think it can be helpful to talk about it when you are in the middle of sex so as to not put as much pressure on the situation. Like if you're having a romantic time cuddling on the couch and you started by asking them what they like in bed because you love pleasing them. And if they're too shy, you can say what you like. 
Just do it with a lot of love and care. If you're wanting to ask for something with a casual sex partner, still do it with care. Care for yourself and care for the other person or people. Remember, judging ourselves for having sexual needs or desires is easy to do because of how we grew up. It's not some kind of failing or indication of insecurity. It's just part of the process of growing out of the patterns that are not serving us and realizing we absolutely deserve pleasure. Hi, Bunny Michael. I don't want to share my name, but I do have a few questions. Um, so I have been deeply in love with someone who decided to leave, decided to walk away, and I'm having a hard time with holding on. So my questions are, why do I continue to hold on to someone who has decided to let me go? Why do I continue to reimagine a future where this person comes back? Why do I tell myself that this person um, will see and change. My other questions relate to me. Um, why, where, why do I automatically think of myself as the problem for someone to walk away? Why do I automatically think of myself as missing out and someone else being in the right or being right about me and my flaws? Thank you. If someone breaks up with us, we immediately think it's because there's something wrong with us that we came up with short. We say, if I was good enough, why would they break up with me? And right at that moment, it doesn't really become about them anymore. It becomes about if I am good enough. Now this person represents our perceived failing. Take it another step back and we see that what we can't let go of is the expectations we had for that relationship. It wasn't supposed to end in our minds. Now this person also represents the future we had planned for that isn't going to happen. If it was really about just losing them, you'd realize they're not what you want because you don't want someone who doesn't want you. This breakup is not getting in the way of the future you thought you'd have. It's making room for the future you actually want and deserve. This breakup isn't about your failing. It's about the realization the two of you are not compatible. Part of the path of our higher selves is surrendering to the path being laid out before us. The ego sees this breakup as a rejection. Your higher self sees it as an opportunity to bring you closer to loving yourself. It sees the gratitude for ending something in our lives that wasn't working. You might have thought this relationship was good from your point of view, but relationships don't exist from one point of view. Relationships are a collaboration. If one person isn't willing, they're not the person you should be collaborating with. And now you know. We learn about relationships mostly through the media we consume and the relationships we are around growing up. In our culture, relationships are really ego-based. Rejection is seen as some kind of failing rather than a clear sign of incompatibility. But that wouldn't make such a good movie, right? It wouldn't make such a good rom-com if someone's heart was broken and they were like, well, obviously I'm not meant for that person. Now I'm free to get to know myself better and find someone who is more compatible. That wouldn't make for that much drama, right? <laughs> Imagine if the movies actually showed that. We would probably do it a lot more often. 
But it's okay to feel sad about your loss. I mean, that's totally understandable. Just remember, you haven't lost the future you want. It's just not going to happen exactly the way you imagined it. And now we can clearly see that is a very good thing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To hear extended episodes, get exclusive content, and directly support the making of Exo Higher Self, become a Patreon subscriber by making a small monthly contribution. We couldn't do this without the support of our patrons. Visit patreon.com backslash exohigherself. If you love the show and want to be in touch with what's new, follow us on Instagram at exohigherself. If you can, give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It greatly increases our chances to reach new listeners and expand the community. Be gentle, patient, and kind to yourself this week. Get quiet enough to hear what your heart is telling you. And thank your spirit for the opportunity. I love you, and so does your higher self. See you next week. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.